Welcome to the Renaissance Podcast, and thank you for joining with us to worship and learn more about God. We are so excited to have you be a part of this week's service. For more podcasts and services from past weeks, or to join us online on Sunday mornings, check out the Church at Home page at rendicator.org. Now, enjoy the message. Well, good morning. Welcome to... Oh. Thanks, Mom. (laughs) Welcome to Renaissance. My name's Joe, and I'm one of the members here, and this is the time of year where I do need my preacher rag. The first thing I did when I got here this morning was come upstairs and looked at the thermostat, and it was set at 74 degrees, and I said I didn't know we were baking bread today. I like the room at a balmy 62. Someone said, sir, do you... Do you feel hot right now? And I said, ma'am, with a body like mine, I always feel hot. (laughs) For those of you who took that the way I meant it, God bless you. (laughs) Let's just dig in. We're going to continue a Bible study. I just want to lead a little Bible study for you this morning. Some of you are thinking, this guy's going to lead a Bible study? (laughs) Welcome to Renaissance. (laughs) We're going to pick up in the book of Luke where we left off last week. Luke chapter 5, starting in verse 12. Uh, What we're learning about Jesus, which is the book of Luke is kind of a biography of Jesus or a a story telling us what the ministry of Jesus looked like. What we're learning about Jesus is that at this point in time, he's really beginning his ministry and and beginning to expand it to different regions. He's, He's starting to reach different people than those who were in his hometown. He's added partners to his ministry, the the 12 disciples. He's starting to call them and and bring them along with him as he does his miracles and begins to teach people and help them. So that's where we're at in the story. So uh, Luke chapter 5, verse 12, if you have a Bible with you, if you don't, we'll put the words on the screen, but I just want to start reading that. It says, while he, Jesus, was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and he begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him saying, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. And he charged him, Jesus charged the man to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as Moses commanded for a proof to them. But now even more, the report about him went abroad. The report about Jesus spread even more and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. But he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. And let us do the same thing right now, not withdrawing to a desolate place, but taking a moment to stop and pray and ask God that he would speak to us this morning. Lord, I I pray that you would use the words of the Bible that we're so thankful for, that you would use these words to speak to us today, that you would use them to, to guide us, to teach us more about your son Jesus you would learn to use them to help us learn more about the way that you care for us and love us. I pray, Lord, that that uh, my own imperfect thinking and communication would would not cloud the truth that you want us to understand about Jesus. Help us to learn more about him today than we knew when we came in. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. My daughter is 15 months now, 
And she's to the point where she's beginning to be as independent as she can be or as independent as she thinks she can be. She walks around. She says a few words. Her favorite one right now is up. And it's not a request. It's a command. Up. Pick me up. She says it if she wants picked up or if she wants something that you have. And one of the most fun things for me is that she's really kind of eating on her own. She doesn't have the whole spoon thing down yet, and my wife doesn't like it when I give her a fork. So what we do is we, we take the food and we put it on her, her tray that she sits in. She sits in this little high chair and it's got a tray on it. We put the food on it and she loves to feed herself, which is really fun. And, and she's very independent that way. She doesn't really want you to put the food in her mouth. She wants to take it, put it in the mouth, herself. She uh, doesn't really love veggies. She's made in my image. <laughs> She'll eat a little bit of fruit. She loves meat, ham, turkey, bacon. She's made in my image. I gave her a piece of a donut last Sunday morning while mom wasn't in there, and she started clapping. <laughs> this is my... This is my daughter, and it's so fun to watch her eat and grow, and everything is really new and exciting, and... and, and Typically, we, we set her down and we eat at the same time, and she's always done before us because she eats really fast and because she just can't eat as much as we do, right? So she's, she's done before we do, and inevitably, every time she's done, she turns to us and says, up. I want out of this chair. Get me out of this chair, and we've got about three seconds before we have a meltdown because she's very impatient. She's made in my image, and... and and usually I'm the one done eating first because I eat really fast too. And so the duty almost always falls on me when Ellie says up to turn to this precious, beloved daughter of mine who is now disgusting and covered with all kinds of meat juices and hummus and, and nasty stuff, all like head to toe. It's not just like on her mouth. I could handle that. It's not just on her hands, it's everywhere. Like, how does it get down her back? I don't know, but it's everywhere on her. And, and she always says, up, I want you to pick me up. And I have this moment every time where, where I think of her as though she's a leper and I cry out, unclean. No, I do not want to touch you right now. And I tell her that and my wife doesn't appreciate that. She says, she's going to understand that one day. But it's disgusting, so inevitably we end up having to clean her up, and I'll, I'll pick her up, and it's still gross because you just—it's everywhere. And it, I, uh, um, <laughs> I can't stand that. I got to be honest about it. I can't—I can't stand it because it's really gross. But but she does get cleaned up in that moment. But but as I'm reading the story about this leper, I can't help but wonder: like, what if there was such a condition in her life or mine that that she was so unclean or I was so unclean that I could never pick her up or that I could never put her to bed? Or what if I were so unclean that I could never kiss my wife or embrace a friend or shake the hand of someone new? This is the, this is the situation that lepers were in in Jesus's time. See, Leprosy was a contagious bacteria. It was a disease that, that people would get from someone else that ate away at their flesh. It was a flesh-eating disease. And once you had it, there was no coming back from it. There was no healing from it. And it was incredibly contagious so that if someone touched you, uh, the chances are they're going to get leprosy as well. And so the command in the Old Testament 
was that if someone was found to have leprosy, they were required by God's law that he gave to his people Israel to separate themselves from their community. And this was so that everyone else could be protected from that disease. We, we see a lot of things in the Old Testament that, that seem hurtful and wrong, and, and this feels wrong to, to push them away. But in, in that, we, we also see God's great care for his people and that they didn't have understanding of diseases that we have today. But God understood that, that if they weren't quarantined from everyone else, the disease could spread and everyone could become sick and die. So, so leprosy required a social distancing far greater than six feet that we all remember the chaos and pain of just a few years ago. It, it required them to be taken out of the community entirely. And, and oftentimes these lepers would join together and have their own leper colonies, and, and they would live together, and these lepers would become families together. But, but regardless of the family and the community that they had together, it still doesn't replace the fact that they're sick and dying because leprosy will eventually consume them, and they will die, and that they're separated from everyone they ever knew and loved. And the Bible tells us in verse 12, that this man was full of leprosy. And every now and then, whenever I'm studying the Bible, I will go in uh, to find the original uh, Greek word for, for something that is in the text. In the New Testament, the original language was written in Greek. And I wanted to look it up because sometimes English doesn't do the best job of describing. Sometimes there aren't parallel words between the Greek and English. And so if you can go in and see what the original word was for that, it gives you a better idea of what is being said. And the original word in the Greek for full of leprosy literally means full of leprosy. It had filled his body. It had consumed him. Every part of him was covered in this flesh-eating bacterial disease. And so here's a man with absolutely no hope but to die alone. So he comes to Jesus, probably because at this point, he's begun to hear a little bit about him. Why else would he come to him? The, the news about Jesus is starting to spread. This man performs miracles. We, we never heard anybody teach about God like he does, they would say of him. So this leper catches wind of Jesus, and he comes to him. And the Bible tells us that he says to Jesus when he saw him, after falling on his face and begging him, he says, Lord, if you will you can make me clean. He says, if you will. And it's as though he's questioning the willingness of Jesus to help him out. Like, are, are you really willing? I've, I've heard that, that you can do things like this, but I wonder if you're actually willing to heal me. It's not crazy to think that he'd heard of the miracles that Jesus had performed at this point, but it's really easy for us to question why he's wondering if Jesus is willing to heal him. Think of it like this. Maybe you've had this thought, I've heard of what God can do for others, but my situation is just too far gone. I've heard that he loves and forgives people, but man, you don't know my story. You don't know the things that I've done. So it's so easy to say to Jesus, are you willing to help me? Are, are you willing to, to get into my mess and try to fix this thing, my, my situation's so bad that if you were to fix it, it would blow people's minds. And I just don't even believe that something like that could happen, Jesus. It is so easy for us to question, are you really willing? And he says, if, if you will, Jesus, 
I know that you can. Even though he questions Jesus' willingness, he still shows his faith in Jesus' ability. It's like, I know that, that if anybody has the power to fix my situation, it's you. If, if anyone holds the key to, to unlock the door for a different life for me, it's you, Jesus. And, and even though he's wondering, is Jesus willing to do this for me? We can see that he has great faith that Jesus can. If anyone can, Jesus can. What would it be like if we all had that sort of realization about Jesus? <laughs> that, that if anyone can, he's the one. That, that he, he can unlock the door for a different life for us. He's the only one who can change our lives. He's the only one who does have the power to change our circumstances. What, what would life look like for all of us if we had that same kind of faith in who Jesus is? And he, he says to him, if you will, you can make me clean. If you're, if you're willing to do it, Jesus, I believe that you have the power and the ability to make me clean. Now, it's easy for us to, to look at this phrase, make me clean, and believe that he's asking for Jesus to heal him of his leprosy, which I believe that's partially true of what he's doing. I believe that he's partially saying, will you cleanse me of my leprosy? Will you take the leprosy away? And, and it would it makes sense that we would look at it that way because we have our, our 21st century Western understanding of what that would mean for us to be made clean from leprosy. But in that day and age, the word clean and unclean meant a very specific thing. And, and this word clean does not mean a healing from disease. I looked this one up in the Greek too. It doesn't mean a healing from disease. What it means is a ceremonial cleanness that the Old Testament law could bestow on someone who at one point had been unclean. And so it isn't an issue of, of whether or not uh, Jesus can heal him. He's not just asking for his leprosy to go away. He's asking him to make him clean so that he can be restored to the community. Because here was the law, that, that if someone was declared unclean, and there were many things that can make a person unclean, and we don't have time to go into all of those things, but just know that leprosy made a person unclean. And if someone was declared by a priest to be unclean, that put them in a category that if anyone else touched them, associated with them, or came near them, they too would become unclean. And so to be unclean makes you a pariah from the entire community of the nation of Israel. And so he's not just asking for a, a change in his situation so that he can feel better. He doesn't just want to be comfortable again. He doesn't just want his skin to become smooth again. He wants to be restored to a relationship to his community and a relationship with God because to be unclean according to the Old Testament law according to God's law, separated you from a relationship with God. So he's asking for Jesus not just to take away his leprosy, but to bring him back into God's family. So this isn't an issue of Jesus's willingness to make the man clean. It's not an issue of Jesus's miracle working power. In fact, this story is really kind of unremarkable in that we see that he heals the leper. That's the, that's the uh, headline in, in the Bible that I have. Jesus cleanses a leper. It's kind of an unremarkable thing if you know anything about the ministry of Jesus, that that's just the stuff that he did. He cleansed lepers. He healed the sick. He raised people from the dead. It's really kind of 
unremarkable. So it's not an issue of whether or not Jesus is willing or able. This leper's cleanness, uncleanness, is an issue of God's law. Because only a priest could pronounce someone clean. Once a person believed that their leprosy was gone, they could go to the priest and ask them to examine them and then say, yep, I don't see any leprosy anymore. You're clean. You can be restored to God's family. Only a priest could make you clean, and he goes to Jesus. And the problem with this is that Jesus is not a priest. Priests were descended from the tribe of Levi. The nation of Israel was made up of 12 different tribes who were led by the son, the 12 sons of a man named Israel. And, and the tribe that all of the priests were pulled from was a tribe called Levi. And if you were born into that tribe, you would work at the temple. You would do God's work. You, you would become a priest. And they were ceremonially appointed to do so. Born into the tribe of Levi, it doesn't automatically mean that you become a priest, but you have to go through these ceremonies and rituals to be appointed as a priest. Jesus does not come from the tribe of Levi. Jesus comes from a tribe called Judah, which was not the priestly tribe. So, so for this man to approach Jesus and say, you can make me clean, you carpenter, is very unreasonable. Priests derived their power and authority from God's law. Jesus had no power and authority from God's law. He was just, as people said about him, a carpenter. Some people didn't even attribute that to him. They called him a carpenter's son. He's still just an apprentice. He doesn't even know what he's doing yet. So for the man to go to him and say, if anyone can do this, you can make me clean. It's really an unreasonable and unfair request for him to make of Jesus. So Jesus says to him in verse 13, I'm sorry, bro, but you got to go to the temple. I can't do it. No, he says, he stretched out his hand and he touched him saying, I will be clean. So Jesus is like, I don't care about religion or tradition I don't care about your reason. I'm going to break the rules and I'm going to touch you, you unclean person. Let's stop for a second at this moment in time and imagine the leper who's maybe just a few feet away from Jesus. And he says, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Probably not imagining that Jesus would agree to do so. And then I can see time freeze for him and the slow motion reel play out as Jesus's hand slowly inches closer to him. And now the man, the leper is frozen in fear of wondering what's gonna happen next. He can't move backwards because he's frozen and can't get away to, to prevent Jesus from becoming unclean. And he certainly can't inch himself closer. So Jesus goes all the way and he touches him. And now they've both broken God's law. Not only is the leper unclean, but Jesus is unclean, and he's probably infected with leprosy now. So in a few days, his skin will begin to bubble up, and, and over time will eventually decay his flesh and kill him. But the Bible says, he touched him and said, I will be clean, and immediately... The leprosy left the man 
we could see that according to the law, they're both unclean because Jesus just touched a leper. He's made himself unclean. But what Jesus is doing is demonstrating to us that while the law held power and authority over the way that everyone lived their lives, Jesus is saying, this is true. I'm going to touch you and I'm going to be made unclean. But since I'm greater than the law, I'm going to take away the very thing that caused your uncleanness in the first place. He doesn't have to be a priest who says, I'm going to make you, I'm going to pronounce you clean now because we've gone through the ceremony. He just undoes the leprosy. He takes it away. The book of Acts says that, that Jesus went about undoing the works of the devil. Everywhere he went, he just healed people and helped them and restored their lives. And this is what happens to the leper in that moment as well. He doesn't have to, to abide by the rules of the law in this case because he's greater than the law. The law submits to the power of Jesus. He came to undo those things that separate us from God and from other people. And he looks beyond what we have going on on the outside. He care, doesn't care about the rules and traditions that other people hold up and say that if you hang on to these, you'll have a good relationship with God. The work of God is to restore us to himself, not to separate us from him not to divide us from him and from others. But even though Jesus is greater than the law, we still see him abiding by the law because he says to the man after he heals him from his leprosy in verse 14, go show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as Moses commanded. He, he's greater than the law. The law submits to his power and authority but he still abides by the law. The Bible, Jesus said, I, I didn't come to destroy the law. I came to fulfill it. And so here he is in a moment saying, saying, I've just cleansed you of your leprosy, but there's still a rule that you need to go follow and that you go back to the priest and show yourself to them and make the offering that Moses commanded. This is the way that we do it. Go back to the priest and show them what you've done. And I just want to take a quick aside here real quick because I'm a firm believer that Nothing I do can make me right with God. I can't be obedient enough to make God pleased with me. I can't be disobedient enough to make God reject me. Because of my faith in Jesus, I believe that I am, am safe and loved and, and held by his powerful hands and nothing can pluck me out of it. However, I also believe that God has a perfect way for all of us to live. And he's revealed that to us through the pages of the Bible. He places his Holy Spirit inside of us to lead us and guide us. And so his goal for us is that once cleansed, we would obey him. And that we would live life according to the way that God has laid out for us. He's the designer he knows the best way for us to live, and he's given that to us. And I believe that is his desire for us. But, but let's not miss this, that the man's obedience followed his cleansing. The cleansing came first, and we get that mixed up sometimes. We think if I, if I do enough right things, God will, will make me clean. If I obey him enough, he'll then accept me. If, if I... 
If I do enough good works, I'll be right in God's eyes. I had an aunt who has since passed away, who at the time she'd passed away, I don't think she'd been in a church for a decade at that point. And she was raised a Catholic and she had gone to church a lot in her life. And I remember when I was a little kid having heard her pray, but, but at some point in time, she came to the conclusion, and I heard her say this, that if I walk through the doors of that church, the ceiling's gonna cave in on me. Father, forgive me, it's been 10 years since my last confession. Like she's expecting uh, God to bring the hammer down on her if she steps in to the church. That's not the way it works. Jesus cleansed the leper first, and then the leper went and obeyed. He makes us new, and then we obey because we're new. It's our, new, it's our nature now to be like Jesus we don't obey and become like Jesus. He just makes us that way through faith. Leviticus 14 is the chapter in the Bible that describes the process that a leper, a person who believed that the leprosy was gone, it describes the process they would go through to be declared unclean. If you want to read it, it's a really long chapter, and it's kind of confusing, but there's fun homework for you this afternoon. Leviticus 14 tells you the process that a leper would go through to be made clean. And what they would do is if they, if they believed that their leprosy was gone, they would go present themselves to a priest who would then examine them to say whether or not the leprosy was gone. And if the leprosy was gone, they would then pronounce them unclean. But they had to go to the priest in order to do that. This is the thing that baffles me because the leper goes to Jesus and Jesus was not a priest. Or is he? Now, the, the Bible tells us that priests were descended from the tribe of Levi and that Jesus was descended from a tribe of Judah. But according to the law, Jesus can't be a priest. But remember, Jesus is greater than the law. The Bible tells us that he is, in fact, now our priest, the only one who can represent us before God, the only one who can speak to us on God's behalf. In the book of Hebrews, it explains this in great detail. It's, it's almost the purpose of the book of Hebrews to describe why Jesus, even though he was not descended from the tribe of Levi, is now our priest because he wasn't ceremonially appointed by the law to be our priest, but he was appointed by God to be our priest. So the Old Testament tells us that the leper, once believing that their leprosy was gone, would present themselves to the priest who would examine them. And if no leprosy is present, they had to offer for sacrifice two birds and two lambs. And as I'm reading that, I can't help but ask myself the question, because anyone who came to the temple to sacrifice something brought their animals with them. And so I can't help but wonder, where does a leper get two birds where does the leper get two lambs? Well, the easy answer is birds are us and lambs are us. That's where they would go to get their lambs. I'm just kidding. No, I, I couldn't help but wonder that. Like, where, where, do they, where do they get their lambs? Well, here's the reality. There was never an expectation that a leper would actually be cleansed. This was, would never become an issue for them. They would never need the birds or the lambs because once they have leprosy, they're never coming back from that. 
So this part of the law is almost a non-issue. It's there, it's there as though they're like, yeah, there's hope for me one day. But in reality, there was never any hope for them. Once they had leprosy, they're never coming back from that. So of course, they'll never actually need the birds or the lambs to get them. They were never expected to actually pass that inspection one day. But this man did pass the inspection because Jesus immediately removed his leprosy. Where did he get the animals from? The Bible doesn't tell us that. Maybe it was birds are us. The Bible doesn't say where he got those animals from to sacrifice. Perhaps someone loaned them to him. And I suspect that that is possibly uh, what did occur. But we don't get to know where this man found his lambs from for the sacrifice. But the Bible does tell us that, that for our sin and guilt... When we stand before God in the, in the leprosy of our sin, requesting to be cleansed, that God himself has a lamb ready for us. This lamb is Jesus Christ who has been sacrificed on our behalf. When I look at that Old Testament story in Leviticus 14, I can't help but see God knew there wouldn't be any lepers who were cleansed, but he knew that one day he would send his own lamb to the world who could undo all of the problems that sin has caused for everyone in the world. He knew that he would give us his lamb, Jesus Christ, to be sacrificed on our behalf. And so we come to him like that leper, completely empty-handed. And he just touches us and makes us clean. We don't have to bring an offering. He's already reserved the offering for us. We don't have to be obedient enough to come before him because he'll take care of that in our hearts for us. The obedience will follow. We just go to him. So I want to finish up with two just little encouragements maybe uh, for you. That One, if you're here and, and you need to be made clean, if you would say, I don't have a relationship with God and I, I feel as though I am unclean because of, because of my sin, because of the things that I've done or because of the things that is happening to me, you need to know that you don't have to obey God enough to become clean. There's nothing you have to do but say to Jesus, will you make me clean? Stop trying to obey him to become who you know he wants you to be. Just go to Jesus who will do the work in you. And for those of us who have already been made clean by Jesus, we need to be reminded of this on repeat, that the leprosy, quote unquote, insert whatever there is of another person cannot harm me. And that I can approach, approach the quote unquote unclean person and I don't have to become like them because the Bible says that the one who lives in me is greater than those that are in the world, greater than leprosy. A leprosy of another can't hurt me and I need to be reminded that I should not be afraid to touch the one that needs to be cleansed. Because maybe Jesus will use us to touch another to bring them to faith. And I'll finish with this last thought for those of us who have been made clean by Jesus. So often 
as we go along through life and we, and we stumble and we behave like we're not clean and we do things that would make us quote unquote dirty and, and unclean in his sight. And sometimes we feel plagued by the guilt and the shame of that. I, I want you to know that when Jesus cleans us, the book of Hebrews, there's your real homework. Go read the book of Hebrews this week, that he once and for all cleansed us. And now not only are we clean, but we're as clean as Jesus is in God's sight. To know that and believe that is the ultimate motivation to live like him because he's made me as clean as he is. I don't have to try hard enough. I don't have to undo uh, uh, all of the things that I've done. Jesus makes me clean as he is. Will you pray with me? Lord, we're so thankful that that is what you have done for us. That you've made us as clean as you are. You've taken away the leprosy of sin and that we no longer have to be separated from you. We no longer have to be separated from your people. But you have restored us to yourself. You've restored us to your community. Lord, I pray that you would make us more like Jesus in the sense that uh, we would be unafraid to skirt around our religious traditions and rules and to approach people who we may have at one time considered unclean or let them approach us and to bring your cleansing and healing to them, the same that you brought to us. Lord, they don't need to know that I can quote your scripture. They need to know what you've done in my life. I pray that you'd remind us of that. Give us opportunities to display that to others, even this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining with us today. We would love to pray for you and make a connection with you. So please check out the Church at Home page at rendicator.org. Here you can ask questions, request prayer, find past messages and podcasts, or support Renaissance through online giving. We can't wait to hear from you. 